And welcome to episode 28 of Rain City Supercars, a podcast that C. Mary's School for Wizards daily news called An Hour of Your Time on the Internet. I'm Nick. I'm Dan. And I was not aware of that intro, but I'm thoroughly impressed on your research. Well, I mean, you know, I, it took us a while to get, you know, a newspaper to review us, but uh, the C. Mary's School of Wizards, they really like us, and they, you know, they think it's a, a, good, a good amount of time you should spend on the internet. It's just an hour, so, you know. <laughs> Did you know... Unrelated fact that you can go to the internet and have it randomly generate a newspaper name for you. Wow. Not that that not that the C Mary School of Wizards is real. I don't. I just want to say that. But, and they're I'm, big fans of us. I'm going to Google that later. I have no idea what that is, but I. <laughs> oh, I. It's a. It's a. I mean, <laughs> he's showing me now. Is that like? <laughs> it's literally a website called Fantasy Name Generator that will generate names for any business you have. <laughs> Not that I did that. This is a real newspaper with a real review. As usual, we've been drinking. Exactly. <laughs> we promise this episode will be sponsored by, what is it, whiskey and rosé? Because it goes through you faster than you think. <laughs> uh, this week, we are talking about car shows. What? Us? Talking about cars? I'm surprised as you are, Dan. <laughs> yeah, so one of the things we wanted to address head on, it is car show season. And one of the common things that we get asked surprisingly quite a bit from a lot of different people is hey i want to where did you get rabies nope that's just oh no see mary school of wizardry (laughs) the rats aren't as what you think (laughs) sorry i i'm gonna be honest that possum has a name and it does not have rabies you leave him out of this (laughs) his name is john and he loves me his name is bitey (laughs) another really good story from our past i think his name is bitey I'm sorry. We <laughs> actually, we you know, the funny thing about it that is was we, so really, off the rails. we really haven't been drinking, but that's the fun part. I oh, know I have. Yeah, you, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Rosé. Makes Dan funny. All right. Yeah. But yes, back on topic, surprisingly. One of the things we wanted to talk about was car shows and how to run them, because it's something we actually have experience in. Nick with Concorso and Jet Center Events, which I'm he luckily I'm fortunate. And to be Dan part- with Concorso and Jet Center Events, which he <laughs> fortunately brought me on to, yeah. and then of course uh, Exotics at Redmond. But this addresses there's there's actually when we broke it down, we started writing about this. We we did storyboard this a little bit because we wanted to keep things on topic, but surprisingly that hasn't happened in spite of our writing. Well, that's because you re- you wrote things down, and I told you I was a visual person, and you refused to draw pictures, so. <laughs> But there is a basic formula that makes car shows work. And we see many fail after time and time and time again because they don't stick to this formula. And it's kind of more controversial than you'd expect because people want to be everything to everyone. And that's when things fail. You can't be everything to everyone and start a car show. But shall well, we dive in from step one? That and, and it's it's ever-changing. And, and what may work in one place may not work in another. But this is what we believe are the basic constructs of what would would create a good car show yeah and so um speaking of car shows before we go into that we went to an awesome car show uh one of the best ones i've ever been to which i guess you could call a car show but it was really an event uh that was lemay america's car museum we talked about it in a few episodes before but the heroes of bavaria party and car show for uh vintage racing bmws was amazing 
I mean, not everything from vintage BMWs to a brand new M6 that um, one of the BMW drivers had driven his 400th race in and actually won with that livery on the side of his car and they had the car there. And it doesn't look like it. It looks like it came off the racetrack yesterday. It was an incredible event. Um, And we've said we can never say enough of good things about LeMay and America's Car Museum. Um, But if you haven't had a chance to get down there and see the cars that are there, take the time especially you know it, it's a gym and it's one of the best museums in the country and it's in our backyard and we had a, a, a great chance um one of our local uh car guys around here peter gleason was actually interviewing all these guys um yeah and dan had, i forgot their names could you remind Bill me oberlin eric winsberg tom plasinski and then of course peter gleason which is he has a million stories on him by himself but uh bill oberlin is the uh one of the mid drivers for BMW, and he was the one who Nick was referring to earlier. Just absolutely amazing stories. If you haven't looked at our Instagram or even our Facebook, I put photos up there too in an album. The look on previous guest John Zubrick's face, who is a huge DTM fan, obviously, and BMW fan, says it all. One of the best events I've been to, well, probably the best like museum event I've been to, but man, if it's still going on uh, this Saturday, uh, this is airing on the, what would that be, the 20th? No, the 18th, 18th, I believe. This is yeah. airing on the 18th. Dan but, can't add. Um, the Heroes of Bavaria, from what I understand, are going to be there for the next year. Right, but this Saturday, the 19th, is free admission for military for ah, Armed Services yes. Day. And Absolutely I wanted to, uh, special thanks to them. Obviously, we appreciate, I, I know we have a lot of police that listen to our show that are ex-military, including my brother. So a special thanks to them. Go in and see it free. You guys are going to love this show. Like The history they have in this and the cars they have is second to none. We said that before, and man, did they deliver. Yeah, it's sort of, you know, walk around, make sure your jaw doesn't drag on the floor. I mean, even if you're not a, a fan of German cars, this is insane to look at some of these race cars. Yeah, I have everything from the, I think it was a 36 or 38, 328 original race car, all the way to modern Formula One uh, BMW race car. So, uh, BMW powered. Yep, and I, I finally put my dream to being a Formula One driver to rest after seeing the BMW car. One of my legs could drive that car. The other one would not, or my torso are not allowed in the car. But. I don't think you can be over like 150, 160 oh. pounds and drive a Formula yeah, One soaking car. wet. I was I'll looking at you. that. Like. You've got to be tall and skinny, like our previous guest, Andrew. Um, but let's get into this. Um, so the first topic is you have to pick your show. You have to decide if you're going to be an exotic show, a tuner show, a muscle show, or if you're going to be, which is even tougher, an all-encompassing show that brings everything together. And that, I, I don't think that's been done yet. But Not for a regular event. I mean, you have the small-town car shows where they don't have a big enough audience where they bring everybody in. Or maybe it's a brand car show, like uh, Griot's has done this, where they just have like, or the shop has done this, where it's just uh, Cars and Coffee Saturday, where everybody comes down. You can do that, but uh, we'll get into the problems of a mixed show pretty quick here. So, no. go ahead. I mean, it's, it presents, and, and we've seen it from Concorso to Exotics, that when you pick your brand and you pick your genre, no matter what you're going to be, others will want to be a part of that, even if they're not a part of that genre. And that is going to be something we're going to discuss later, too, as far as, as controlling your, your car show and controlling things. But it's important that you, you find your brand that is right for the area that you're in and stick to it. Yeah, and see what happens is, is people are passionate about their cars. I get it. You get these guys, and like I said, I'm not a brand loyal person. But uh, when we're at Concorso or something like that, hey, guess what? That's an Italian show. Chances are your 93 FDRX7 is not going to fit in very well there. Cool car. Like, no, a lot of people will get it, but a lot of guys will look at that and go, why is that here? 
what are you doing? If you have stance works or stance wars or one of those, you're going to get the very, very heavy tuner crowd. A lot of those are going to be mixed. You're going to get a lot of guys though, especially the exotic car crowd are going to go there and be like, what is this hack job crap? I don't want to be part of this. Whether you agree with that or not, you can't really hide. You can't really remove that opinion from the show. So the idea is, is if you're going to launch a show, you want to appeal to a specific audience. You can try doing it all at once for a one-time shot. If you're going to do a fundraiser show, this is probably the one exception to that rule that will actually work. You're saying, hey, I don't care what you have. You've got to pay this X amount of dollars to get into the show, and it'll go all toward this charity. That's when people will kind of set their differences aside, but they will still talk crap. I guarantee it. You'll go on your Instagram. You'll see photos. You'll go into a cars and, your local Cars and Coffee page. People are going to be taking shots at each other, and you can either you know, let it roll off your back and not sweat it, but the trolls are going to come out of the woodwork. Well, and I mean, any any generic car show that's going to have all brands, I always uh, relate it to like a high school dance. Every, you know, all the boys are on one side, the girls on the other, and they never meet in the middle. You know, the Audi guys will be over here, the exotic guys will be over here, the tuner guys will be over there, and they won't necessarily mix, which is unfortunate because the best thing about a car show is the social aspect. Um, exotics is, we get a lot of compliments about the fact that the cars are great. And we, when we pull incredible cars into that show, but people come from the camaraderie because it, we, we picked a brand that brought people together and, and, and cars in general bring people together, but it's the camaraderie that people go on and get up on Saturday mornings and come and see, you know, they, they may drive in and they will use dance car, you know, they may see Dan's Corvette there every week because he works there, but they're there to talk to Dan. They're there to, to have a conversation. They're there to see their neighbors there and have car stories and talk, have coffee. And that's, that's important thing about picking the brand is when you have a show that has everything. And like Dan said, the, the charity aspect of it is great. And we've, Dan and I have done a couple of charity shows around here locally that really worked, but it was that people paid their money to get in. And then therefore they, there wasn't a lot of choosing who at the gate. The, the 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 gate people were taking the money because they needed the money for the charity, so they weren't they weren't really scrutinizing what came through the door. Yeah, and the problem is is when you get so diverse that you're not scrutinizing what through the doors, you get this car show people don't want to come back to. That's the part people forget is if you want to have a one time shot, you're probably okay. The minute you decide, you know what, I want to make this a regular thing. Like a the big a great example is a cars and coffee Saturday morning. People will stop showing up because the lowest common lowest common denominator will show up the most. So when you don't have those standards, you get a show people don't want to come to because the dude with his riced out Focus ZX2, which does exist, will be the most consistent person at this show. I guarantee it. Everybody that is in the automotive field, and if it's somebody that owns a POS BMW drift car to somebody that owns you know, a LaFerrari, Everybody loves their car the same and everybody has the same passion. And I think that's where we have, Dan and I have run into more problems in this world. And the fact that somebody will come to your gate, you know, be it Concorso or something or exotics and they'll go, can I get in? And, and you do your best to go, this, this is the outline of our show, you know, and, and you don't want to ever insult anybody, but you're going to have to know that, you know, in order to make an omelet, you're going to have to break some eggs. And it's unfortunate because you have somebody that comes up and has put a lot of time into their car and it's something special to them and they've put every dollar they could afford it to it. But it's still, it's, you're going to, you're going to end up hurting some people no matter what kind of show you run. Yeah. Cause everybody thinks their car is the greatest car in the world. If they've put all their blood, sweat and tears into this thing. And that's the worst part is when we get a car at the gate that we actually really like and we want to see but it doesn't fit the show. 
And you guys, it, it doesn't seem like it, but you guys will just have to trust us on this because we know you will get more problems by being the nice guy and letting in a car that doesn't fit than you will be being the bad guy and turning that car away every single time because the guys that are your bread and butter, the guys with the really nice cars, the guys that really stand out don't want to go to a show with it with a bunch of normal cars. And to them, normal may be, you know, uh, you put $20,000 into your Skyon FRS wide body rocket bunny, whatever. It's still a cool car. You probably did a lot of great work on it, but it doesn't fit the clientele of like an exotic show. Tuner guys and exotic guys don't usually mix. Uh, that's changing. Uh, as, as tuner cars have become more high end now that we're, cause before you, you didn't see a lot of modded like Ferraris in the, in the nineties, that wasn't a thing, but now you're seeing, uh, RWB and what, you know, wide body lowered four five eights and things like that. Like the, the status quo is changing, but for the most part, if you want to play it safe, don't do it. You can, you can try it, but it ain't going to go the way you think. Well, and I mean, and that goes back to modding cars. A lot of the exotic car companies, I mean, you know, Lamborghini hates it when, when its owners mod their cars because, well, they're cocky enough to believe that their cars are perfect right off the bat. Ferrari too. Ferrari's, Ferrari's the worse. same. Well, I mean, I'm, Ferrari's yeah, I mean, Ferrari's, I mean, but it's tough and, and you, there's, there's going to be egos involved no matter what. And, you know, we try our best through the work we do to be nice to people. And it, it, it comes back and bites us in the ass on a weekly basis. Right now I'm dealing with something that's, it's like all, I mean, for the crap I'm taking, I probably should have just said, get that POS out of here. <laughs> right. You would have been better off just being a yeah. total jerk. Yeah. Like you you tr try and be the nice guy. It fails every time. Or like I said, the worst part is, is when you have a really nice car that doesn't fit your show and you have to turn it away, mm -hmm. especially when the owner is really nice too. That's, oh man, that breaks me every time. Cause I'm like, man, I actually really like your car, but they never believe you. Even when I tell that, like I don't give people empty compliments. That's been a rule of life for me is that you don't give somebody a compliment unless you mean it. And that always extends to the car community. There are cars that'll come in, um, that I want to see and need more, learn more about, then I have to turn them away. And I just feel like the biggest jerk in the world. Anyway. Well, but then again, it doesn't fit the criteria that is built for that show. It's, I mean, it's, and, and, even Concourse was a pretty good example. We we kind of tried to alter that a little bit. We 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 did a global exotics. Oh, this is a good story. And I, I was a proponent behind this and kind of came up with this and with, with some of the other marketing team. And we decided that you know a global exotics would be kind of fun because you know in an all Italian show you may, it might be fun to see a couple of cars that aren't you know. And we opened up registration to people and basically somebody found the loophole that they could pay to have their car at global exotics. And they would be able to park on the field, get better parking, and it's a little bit cheaper for two tickets. And before I say this, you know, we have fixed this loophole. Um, and Dan and I were walking along the Global Exotics field. <laughs> Dan turns to me. It had been a day, and I hadn't had a chance to really get around. And Dan looks at me and goes, um, is, is that a 325 BMW wagon sitting on the field? <laughs> and I went, yep. Bone stock. Bone stock. And somebody found a loophole. And, you know, you, it's, and everybody will. Somebody will always find a loophole in your rules. They, they, they can be turned away a hundred times and they will sneak in the back. They will, you know, they will move a cone and come in and park. This is something that you're going to have to realize. And we're going to get into like, enforcing the rules a little bit farther down. But the next topic I'd kind of like to talk about is, as Dan puts it, do it for your community outside of cars or lose it. Yeah, and here's the problem that people don't consider. They're like, I have a, I want to have a great show. Here's a big empty parking lot. It's usually empty. I'm gonna go in there and do it. Well, have a car show, not not do it in the parking lot. Yeah. Oh yeah, that too. Yeah, that's but, 
<laughs> Ooh, exhibition. <laughs> the point of being of doing it for the community is you want to put on a show that people want to come to that aren't into cars. That's the trick. You put on a car show, you're going to get a bunch of car people. The trick to keeping a car show is making it a place people want to go to, even if they can't afford the cars or they're not into the cars. It's still fascinating, especially if you're doing a fundraiser. This is super important. But say um, you find a grocery store parking lot. Those are probably the most common where they have these huge lots that don't fill up right away, except Costco, which is always full. Or like the malls. Or like the Yeah, the yeah. malls are another good one. So what you got to do with those is you need to approach the store owners and give them something that they want out of the show. What are you gonna bring the people of the lot you're using? A lot of guys try this. Oh, they try this often, like especially at Park Rights, where they're just like, oh, I can show up because it's a community piece. Well, the police are gonna be there shortly after you because when you do that, you don't have controlled exits and you just people revving and burning out. Different topic we'll get into early later. But when you go to a lot like that, you wanna bring something to the table for them. You wanna say, I wanna be able to use your space and I'm going to bring in people that don't normally come to your lot. They're going to go to your store and they're going to shop. That is not a given. You don't do that and expect that to happen. You have to give them some incentive. You need to advertise the place you're going in. You need to say, hey, we're going to meet at you know Whole Foods in Redmond or whatever parking lot. We're limited to 30 spaces, 50 spaces, 40 spaces. That's got to be outlined. That's got to be okay with the businesses in that area. Maybe you want to say, hey, I'm, you want to give them an incentive. Like, I'm going to tell the people that come to my gate, they get uh, you know, a free cup of coffee or something, some kind of incentive. You want to work with the businesses you're, of the lots you're using. If you go in there blind and just assume that you're okay to use their space for your quote-unquote small car show, that car show is going to get out of control. And you're trespassing. <laughs> and you're trespassing. Yeah. Most of them are. Most of the businesses I've seen where this has happened are usually pretty cool about it, where they won't call the police and get you like actually fined. But it has happened, especially in California. Well, and and again, we're going to touch on this. That's and it's also about controlling the space once you have it. And part of controlling the space is having a good volunteer basis, a good crew that really can help and support you and support the car show and reflect the image that you are trying to portray to the to the community if you're going to do a good guy show you want people that know the cars know how to part the cars know how to talk to the to, to the people this this goes i mean i'm using good guys as an example but this goes for an exotic show a tuner show anything anything yeah that's uh what inevitably happens the biggest thing that will get cars uh or car shows shut down faster than anything will be uncontrolled exits and things like that so you need the volunteers to kind of funnel your people around you got to help people park whether you want to or not if you want good photos, you can't put them square into the spaces. You got to have them on an angle. So in order to do that, you need volunteers who understand how to talk to drivers in a good tactful way. Because if you start yelling at drivers saying, dude, you can't park, you're an idiot. Trust me, we've all wanted to do that. If you've ever worked at a car show for more than five minutes, you still can't do that. You need somebody who can be friends as soon as they see the audience. You have to pick your volunteers carefully. If you just pick your buddies that are quiet and don't say anything, but they like cars, you're probably not going to have a very good volunteer base. You got to screen them. Well, and, you're gonna, and you have to have people that are not afraid of confrontation. You don't want to cause a confrontation, but you have to be, have somebody that's not afraid to stop somebody and go, you're, you're at our show, you're going to do it our way. And a lot of people, I've seen it at Concorso, Exotics, everywhere, they've come in and they're just going to go, don't worry, I'm going to park there. Well, no, you're not. <laughs> it's like, I'm, I'm going to start off nicely saying, no, the, you know, you're coming into my territory and you're, you're not going to, to, to do what you want to do. Perfect example. So we were almost full last Saturday at Exotics, except for one row. And one guy went past a volunteer who was parking another car and decided to park his own way. Which, day, which way did he park? 
the exact opposite of every single row in the entire show. Everything around this person should have cued to them that I'm parking the opposite way of everyone else. Did it stop them? No. People are dumber than you think. There's no other way to put that. You have to have volunteers who can control that kind of thing. And no fault to the volunteers at Exotic. They had their hands full that day. Another absolutely slam day. They just didn't get to the guy fast enough. And he stopped and said, I'm parking here. This is this is not an excuse, but there have been days where I've come into the event running late and I park my car and I'll get out and one of the volunteers will look at me and go, did you look at the way you parked your car, Nick? And I'll be like, oh, damn it. <laughs> and I totally parked it the wrong way too. But that was th- that, that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> You know, but we've all been there, but Mm -hmm. you got to have those volunteers that check it and they need to be visible. This is something people mix, uh, miss pretty often, even in professional shows, your volunteers need to stand out like a sore thumb, like you've never seen. If you're just starting out and you don't have a lot of budget, you can get those reflective vests on Amazon in packs of like 10 for about 50 bucks. It's a pretty low investment, but they need to stand out. If you, like I said, we, in our shows, we try and do shirts, things like that, that really show our sponsors and things like that. But if you don't have that, if this is a small time deal, you want to get those guys that are in bright clothes, waving their arms. They want to be the outgoing, like, Hey, look at me. I'm here to help. That's the difference. I'm not here to control. I'm here to help. Once you convince people that you're here to help them and not control them, they're much easier to work with. It makes people. It makes it easier to point out if you're sending cars to the parking lot. It makes it easier for people to find information from those people, and it just makes it fun to be a part of a group that people assume are with a construction crew. <laughs> the first few years, I remember that with people like they were working on Redmond Town Center, and we had our vests on, and people would come up to us and be like, "What are you guys building over there?" <laughs> we're not with the construction crew. <laughs> much less of a problem in a big wide open lot absolutely yeah i mean it's 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 important to have visibility and and visibility and and it also shows those people that don't want to follow the rules they can look around and and before they do a burnout or rev rev their engine they can look around and see all the volunteers that happen to be standing by them and, and how they won't get away with something like that yeah the next thing is with your volunteers is communication you need to have a lot of guys do this on drives and they don't do, but they don't seem to do it as often for car shows. You got to have the pre car show meet, tell everybody where they're going to stay. I'll assign all your volunteers to rows or whatever do you need them to do. You all have to be on the same page about what you're doing. You got to get those volunteers ready so that when you yell out, if you don't have radios that, Hey, I got a car coming to row four, I got a car coming to row five, whatever. But this way you can wave everybody down. Everybody's on the same page. Even if you guys are new with this, your guests aren't going to know that. You just have to look like you know what you're doing. It's one of those fake it till you make it things. I was going to say fake it till you make it. Yeah. But yep. it's totally relevant. If once you say, hey, you're going to go see that guy, always refer to him by name, even if they're never going to remember it. It doesn't matter. But refer to your volunteers by name because then it makes it personal. You got to give the you got to give the guests, the people that are bringing in their cars, a personal attachment to your show. And you do that through your volunteers. Your volunteers are everything to your show. And, I mean, not to give away this secret, but it's always also fun to give your volunteers different names. Like, you know, one of the things people talk about the most is they'll come into the gate and somebody at the gate will be like, uh, do you see that Swedish uh, yogurt slinger down there? You want to see to him and take a left. And people, by the time they're like, Wait, did that guy just call you a Swedish yogurt slinger? Yeah, I had a past life. But <laughs> it's fun. You Above all, and we don't even have a bullet point for this, you've this has got to be fun because if you're not having fun, your, your customers, air quotes, won't be having fun. People won't want to come to the event. Yeah, you got to have a good time. Keep it light. People make mistakes. You can't drill down on people when they make mistakes, especially your volunteers, but guests too. If you make get your guests feel like terrible for making a simple mistake, and I'm not talking about the burnouts and the revving and things like that. That's a different story we'll get to in a minute. But also, it's like, don't, uh, don't yell at your volunteers. Hashtag sorry, Dave. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. But I mean, it's like if somebody parks somebody wrong or with too much gap, it's like, eh, okay, there are worse things they can do. D- tell them. I mean, they're like, hey. Off we- with your head. Yeah. But I mean, if you start coming down on your volunteers hard because you're stressed out about your event, your guests aren't going to have a good time and they're not going to want to come back because they're like, those guys are, you know, hanging on by a thread to each other. You don't want it. They don't want to be part of it. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's a fun family atmosphere and that's, you know, it's not Disneyland, but it's a fun family atmosphere. Let's take a quick break before we go into the next stuff. Hey everybody, this is Dan from Rain City Supercars. Rain City Supercars is brought to you by M Squared Fitness, personalized fitness and personalized performance. Nick and I are both members at M Squared and can personally testify to the great results. You can find M Squared Fitness at m2-fitness.com or on Facebook or Instagram at m2fitnessredmond. Mention Rain City Supercars and get your first visit free, but remember you've got to mention Rain City Supercars. And we're back. Uh the topic I really want to touch on, this is more serious, is controlling your entrance and controlling your exits. It's something that gets overlooked very easily. It's something we deal with on a weekly basis with exotics. We, we, we deal with it big time with Concorso. That's the two major points you need to control because you need to control who comes into your event and how they leave your event. And how some, somebody leaves your event sounds pretty simple. It's like, oh, you go out there. You want to make sure that they're not leaving your event, doing burnouts, doing stupid things. If they're in a Mustang, you know, make sure the Mustang's not pointing toward the curb, trying to take out small children. If they're in a GTR, you want to make sure that the wheels don't all of a sudden spontaneously start spinning in place. Boy, it's almost like you're speaking from experience. No, I'm just uh, hypothetical examples right there. Yeah, Dan, don't, we can't talk. We can't talk about that because you get sued. So, oh, we can talk about that. I'm still okay, looking forward to getting sued. It. I'm really looking forward to getting sued. So, this is a true story, which is. We got to put on here because it's so ridiculous, it makes me happy. So the opening day of Exotics, I wasn't there. I was doing that drive for LeMay. Keep saying that over and over in your heads, listeners. He wasn't there throughout this story. I was not there. <laughs> so, gentlemen of the GTR is uh, revving, revving, revving. One of our volunteers comes up and says, hey, you need to stop revving, yells at him. The guy rolls up his window and ignores him, literally almost runs him over, decides to speed out of there like a baby. This is a 100% true story. Gets out to the exit to Bear Creek Parkway, takes a hard left and spins his tires out on the, out on the uh, uh, out of the event. So obviously that guy's banned forever. Uh, what an idiot! And we put this story up. I posted this story up on the GTR forum because I used to have a GTR and I know that group really well. Max, the guy who runs the the GTR club, awesome guy. Those good guys people. are people, real good people. Really good. They're actually probably some of the most organized people we have that come to the event. They come in in a nice group. They park really well. They're actually great. So this was a very out and of the ordinary. they are strict. Yeah, yeah. They are way more strict than we are. And so this is very out of the ordinary for the group. So I'm like, hey, do you guys know who this guy is? Because obviously he wasn't with them. And they're just like, oh, yeah, he, we don't know him. He uh, came in later to the event. No surprise there. But I said, hey, obviously he's banned. But I put up a joke saying that, like, here's the rules, ignored him, and then, you know, obviously does his own thing anyway. So this guy, because I posted the, uh, I linked to an Instagram from one of the, somebody took a video of it, of course. If yeah. Anybody going to a car show or leaving a car show, you're on video. Whether you know it or not, if you're going to do something stupid, which you might think will be cool, you will be on video on the internet. The police will be looking for you. That's how this works. And they can prosecute. And Maybe. they do. Yeah. So this guy sends a message to a friend of his saying that uh, I apparently slandered him at the show. Remember, I wasn't at the show. I'll say that again. And then this was too much and he's going to sue me. Yep. Dan's going down. Not only, I mean, this was this was the biggest game of telephone in the world. The guy that created the offense told his friend, who told one of our guys, who had to then tell us. 
So that he was going to sue me. That Dan was slandering him by calling out the fact that he was an idiot and he broke the rules and Dan slandered him at the event. You know, I mean, Dan yeah, is apparently yelled Dan at him is, at the event. And I was very Dan rude to him at the so event. so good at slandering somebody, he doesn't even have to be at the event for his aura to be there and insult you. So you remember that. Yeah. The, Dan the, is all knowing. The key point of this, he wasn't so mad at what I posted on the GTR for him, but apparently I was very rude to him at the event for revving and doing a burnout, which is against the rules. How so, dare you? Right? My spirit was very angry with him. Your, your spirit animal was there. Yeah. So, long story short, I was very entertained to find that, that I was being sued for yelling at him at an event that I wasn't at, which obviously you can imagine how well that was going to go anyway. But don't worry, we'll start a GoFundMe for you. If you've, I don't know, ever been on the internet and looked at car shows for more than five seconds, you can find many, 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 many videos of people doing burnouts, hitting crowds. We joke, but Constantly. it's not it's not just Mustang. It's I mean the Mustangs are get there. The the muscle cars get the worst name because they, they get overpowered. There's an infamous video on the internet of I think of a guy in a Koenigsegg going through a crowd. I mean and really hurting people. Or the BMW that hopped the curb. Mm-hmm. The, I think that was right when the new M four came yeah, out. M4. Or M three. I think it was M four. Yeah. But he hops a curb and flies over like this isn't an uncommon thing. And people think that it's cool or whatever. Uh, no, this is what car gets car shows shut down. End of the day, this is the number one reason car shows get shut down. It's excessive noise that pisses off the community they're in and then the burnouts that inevitably end in some crash down the road somewhere. And it's a catch-22 because these people are leaving your event. They're not, Most of the time, they're not in your event anymore. But you are still, in the, in the public's eyes, responsible for their behavior. Yeah, and whether you want to believe that or not, that's how it's going to go down. That's how. That's why Seattle Cars and Coffee Irvine, I believe, got shut down. Or they stopped doing it just because the light definitely was not Seattle Cars and Coffee Irvine, but it was might have been yeah. Coffee, Cars and Coffee. Coffee Irvine. Yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, that's a satellite girl. Yeah, uh, it happened yeah. in Boise last summer. I think there was a big story big about that. They hit a crowd. Happened. Uh, oh yeah, well, that was a brand new Jag or or what was that that came? I don't remember what it was? That made national news. Yeah, and uh, there, there multiple ones have been shut down in Portland and because pe- people yeah, Portland just, happened just not too long ago. Yeah, and it's it's just. A lot of those shows are the ones where somebody goes, I'm going to be at a coffee shop and everybody shows up and really nobody's parking anybody. And then, you know, Bob decides he's going to show off his new Viper that he bought 10 minutes ago and, you know, still has the stickers on the tires. Um, and he's going to go blasting out of there. And then Bob takes out, you know, Karen and, and little Bobby. and <laughs> Yeah, and, yeah. That, and it, that's the thing is it, it's not an isolated incident. So how do you get ahead of it? Like we said before, you control your exits. The, the idea with controlling your exits doesn't mean having somebody th- the thing telling them to slow down and be quiet. It's not going to work. We've tried it. It doesn't work. What you got to do is find a place and exits them through a large uh, barrier of delays, many stop signs through a crowded area, something where they have no opportunity. You want to take away the temptation. One, you'll get better photos. Whether people believe it or not, this is photo gold because then people get the rolling shot of the car. Your photographers will love it. Because they don't need to be going 50 miles an hour for a rolling photo. They need to be going like five. That's when the photos get really good as people can line up. They don't and need the top quality gear to get the good shot. We, we remember that's something we need to talk about. Photos make an event too. And we'll talk about it a little bit later. But remember that. Photos make an event. Yeah. So if above all possible, slow down your drivers. Make it hard for them to have any room to speed up until they are far away from your event. They're going to crowd the local city anyway. If you have a successful event, people are going to be stuck in traffic everywhere. You're going to get photos outside the event. Fine. But you want to get them away from you as much as possible before they turn into hoonigans. Well, I mean, and if you're a race car fan, think of it this way. Think about the Molson Strait at, at Le Mans. 
people were dying because they were going too fast. So now what is on that? They've got two chicanes right in the middle that slow everybody down. Yep. It's the same thing. It, 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 it's, a, it's a simpler process than the fact that if people aren't given the room or the opportunity to do something stupid, they won't do it. Yeah, because they got to get it out of their system. For some reason, anytime like prepubescent boys come out to the curb and yell at drivers to speed up, drivers just apparently have no other reaction but to do it. But, but, but the 12-year-old told me to do it, Dan. Exactly. But he told me to do it. And I just couldn't resist. I just can't resist. Never mind. That was going to go down a dark, dark road. Um, <laughs> that uh, being said, a part of controlling your exits and, and, and things of that nature is knowing your local police force. And this is a big one. This is a really big one. Uh, we do this pretty often. We have a very good relationship with the local police here in town. We do it in Corso and Monterey. Every car show we go to, we want the police to be our best friend. We want them to know that we want nothing to do with causing a show that would do anything to harm the public, get them complaints, or get them involved. If anything, we want them to come join us at the show, check out the cars, say hi, shake hands. You want to know the police like you know your, your family at this point. Dan will remember this. It's about two years ago um, we, at Exotics. Uh, Redmond PD stopped by, and they, they drove through. And be, just because they were doing a, a normal check, they're, they're, they're really not. And he stopped his car in the middle of the event and opened the doors. And, I mean, we have had the cream of the crop cars at that event. People were so excited to see the backseat of a police car and the front seat. The kids went nuts with the police there. And it was so nice of them to do that because, you know, you don't, unless you do something bad, you don't get to see the really nice, you know, bracelets they give you in the back seat where your knees don't fit. Not that I've ever been in the back seat of a car, allegedly. But <laughs> good memory with you, yeah, allegedly. Good, yeah, allegedly. Yeah. Thank you, past guests. Um, but it's important, and you know, if, if if you don't have a good relationship with them or or talk to them about what you're doing, the minute something happens, you're the first person they're going to talk to. They're going to come oh, to you and yeah. go, "Why did this happen?" If you have a relationship with them and you go, "These are the steps we're taking. We're controlling the exits. We're doing our best," then they know that you're you're doing your best. I mean, and people will always do stupid. Shit. I mean. I can't tell you the amount of times that people have left Concorso and it's block to block and somebody runs, runs off the side. I mean, a perfectly good example of controlling your exits and not being able to control the people is many years ago at Concorso, everybody was funneling out. And there was a gentleman who I still see to this day at Concorso every year who decided he didn't want to be in line anymore. Now, we're on a golf course. Okay, and as you know, golf courses are rolling and there's all kinds of hazards. Well, he found a sand trap with a, a rented Gallardo and plunged, plunged his nose into it, which is a photo we will gladly put up on the internet. And it's funny because um, that was the first time I ever really became internet famous because I was in all these photos because we it was me and another gentleman actually from up here were trying to figure out a way to get him out without with it being hurt. And it, it gathered a huge crowd and the photos went across the end. It was, I mean... I wouldn't say internet fame, but it was, it was funny. And the funny part about it is he still comes to the event and he denies who he is. Drives the same car, but denies that it's him. <laughs> People will always try something. They will, they will be frustrated. And, and, and I get it. And the, the other side of that argument is, and, and this is coming from a, a British car owner, you sit in line long enough, cars start to overheat, people people start to overheat. It happens. So you need to slow people down, but you also need to keep things flowing. And it's important for control over your guests. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and one of the things that we tell everybody, if you can't invite the local police, or if you're in an event where you wouldn't want the police to show up, you shouldn't be there. Not yep. to, not in your adult life. I mean, I get it. When I was a kid and I was younger, I wanted to go to every car show out there, tuner or otherwise. Uh, you will quickly learn how expensive that becomes if you are the organizer. 
And like he said, they'll start asking you for things that normally they really don't care about. Where's your permit? Where's your safety? Is there, a, is there an aid car here? Like there's little things that are totally not required that they can get very, very nitpicky about. Gets real expensive too. Yep. And keep that in mind. Uh, I've tried to give him that warning up before. I've seen what happens when people don't, uh, don't think about it. And you'd trust me. You don't want to be on that end of the police. You'll have, a, you'll put a target right on your back. So, and, and knowing the police also ties into knowing who owns the property. Like we touched before where you're holding your show, not, not only for an advertising point, but you know, getting to know the person that, that will allow you to have an event on their space because Truthfully, if something happens on that space, they're liable too. I mean, if, 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 you're in a, if you're in a mall parking lot and something stupid happens and, you know, somebody runs somebody over or kills them, the mall is liable. I mean, it, yeah, they your are. liability is going to be maxed out yeah. and then, the, then they're going to go after the property because they have the next insurance. That's how insurance works, folks. They're going after people with the money. And if you run out of it, they're going to go to the next person, which is going to be the, whoever's lot you're on. That being said, even when you run out of it, they, they'll still go after it. Oh, yeah, it, still so. go after it. Yeah. It's important, you know, and um, the next topic we'd like to talk about is is picking the rules and sticking to it. And Dan and I will say this, and before we go into this, it's hard to stick to your own rules. It's very hard. The person that breaks the rules of, of exotics and concourse the most are the people that probably run it. Because like Dan said earlier, somebody comes in and goes, oh, you know, I've been working on my car and this is my first time here and they're good people. And you go, well... And then it, but it backfires. It, it's, I've never not, I've never not, I've never broken the rules and not had a, a backfire or somebody come back after me or. Let's jump back a little bit and how this works. Oh, so, sorry. no, 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 I'm sticking with what you're saying, yeah. but uh, the criteria thing. So here's what happens. You establish a criteria for your show. You're going to do whatever, let's say tuners. And you're going to have everybody who's got a really nice tuner car here uh, from RWB, Liberty Walk, or they're sponsored by Gretty or whatever house you want to think of. Wait, really? I already want to blow a hole in your argument. What's a tuner car, Dan? Is it a, is it a car that I, I bought from Japan? Is it somebody that put a wide body kit? What's a tuner car, Dan? Yeah, or maybe it's like, oh, I have a JDM car, but yeah. I brought a JDM Accord over. It's a yeah. right-hand drive 95 Accord. I put a new shift Ooh. knob on my Mercia Lago. Is that a tuner car now? Exactly. What happens inevitably when you move outside your criteria is somebody, somebody will say, it. But you let you stay inside your criteria. (laughs) Yeah, but you let this car in, so therefore I must be able to get in. This never ends. This never, ever, ever ends. It is mind-numbingly obnoxious to deal with. Nixon again putting a finger gun to his head because we are so tired of hearing it. And uh, so if like, it's a common sense thing. Like everybody wants to be a part of it. Everybody wants to be wants to be included in everything. And I think a lot of that, without getting too deep in this, is a lot of the world we're living in, where people in today's day and age aren't used to hearing the word no. Oh, you're totally right. I want this, and therefore I'm going to have it. I didn't earn it, but I want it, and it's going to be mine. Yeah. So exotics being the premium example, but Concorso is the same way. Hey, guess what? Concorso. It's an Italian car show, Jet Center events, uh, invite only car show. Perfect. And we still get people that Jet Center Events is a perfectly good example. We opened registration up, and then the day of, I had people asking me, well, you know, I didn't pay to be a part of this, but I'd, I'd like to park my car out front. Well, no. Well, you let him do it. Well, yeah, this gentleman showed up. He's, he met the criteria of the show, and I needed, I needed a place to park him, and he was kind, and, and I changed that rule because I felt it was, and it made the show look better. I mean, actually, and what I'm talking about is we had a criteria for Jet Center. A gentleman showed up in a brand new Mercedes 4x4, bright squared. yellow. Squared, 4x4 four 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 squared. Four by four squared. Yeah. 
well, I wasn't going to put it in my show, but it was bright enough that it actually it worked out really well because it, it marked the entrance to our event. People, it's exactly it made things like, oh, really it's fun. It's down there. Yeah, exactly. There's a oh, giant, giant yellow flag. So you can make exceptions to your show, but you have to stick to the rules. You have to stick to your criteria. And it is the hardest thing you will do. It is. Because you're, you're going to have some guy that, you know, will show up and say, yeah, but, you know, yeah, I did pay $200,000 for my car, but I put a lot of effort into it. And it's, a, and it's a pretty car. And there was a lot of those cars out there. A lot of them. And I don't want to downplay people's, people's efforts. I mean, but... If you if you define your show and, and really narrow it down and it's hard and it it's ever changing. Yeah, it's trust me. Ever I'm, changing. I'm the guy who writes the criteria page for exotics. And if you've been following it from the start, it's probably doubled in size. It's become ridiculously specific. Well, and I mean and it has to be. Perfectly good argument that, that is running through the thugs right now and we don't have an answer to is SUVs. Because there are things that entering the market and the fact that you're gonna have the Urus, you've got the Bentley Batega, you've got the Rolls Royce uh, Cullinan or whatever. Cullin. Culliner. <laughs> Colin. I don't know. Something that at that price point is considered an exotic car, but it's an SUV. I mean, and, and you know, the, and then you get into, you know, like one problem we always had was Tesla. When they first came out, they were rare. And then Bellevue Tesla decided to set a world record for the most number of cars sold per square foot. And we were overrun. I think it's great. I love the cars. But at a certain point, you know, like uh, right now we're, we're, we're dealing with the Model 3s. Nobody had them. And now there's four of them in my building. Yeah, I see one every single day at work. Uh, I mean, Teslas, you can't, you can't go an hour without seeing a Tesla here. Awesome uh, cars. Yeah, but other parts of the country. Even though the, you know, a lot of like the, the P100Ds and stuff, they're $150,000 to $200,000 cars. But are you going to drive 50 miles to see a Tesla? Not More here. than once? You might in the middle of you know, the flyover states. Yeah. But here, no, that no. car has no draw here anymore, and it's not. And that's the tough part because you're like, this is a really cool car. It's a very expensive car. It has a ton of uh, crowd appeal to the right people, but not in this region. That's where we get in trouble. And that's and where we get so much flack. And like Dan said before, you have to play to the community. You have to do a car show that makes sense for the community. If 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 you're in the middle of the United States, as he says, the flyover states, and you can get some people to show up with a couple of Teslas and some cars that people haven't seen. You've got an idea. Yeah, perfect example. So back when, uh, it was more so with my GTR than my Corvette. Uh, but when I did, I've done these 5,500, 6,000 mile road trips. And I've been into some very small towns in the middle of nowhere with that car. So driving through Seattle and you know the main areas around here, nobody really gives a second, uh, second glance to a GTR anymore outside of specific audiences. Uh, if you go to a gas station in the middle of nowhere in Montana, though, you will have a half hour conversation with everyone you meet and you will have a hard time leaving because they don't see those cars. That is a mass appeal car in a small town. But on the east side, everybody's like, okay, that's a really cool car. And they may ask you about it if it's modern or things like that, but it doesn't draw the same attention. But if I can only imagine what it would have, would have, would have been like to pull up in one of those towns in like a new Huracan. Like, I would well, have been and I mean, that's swarmed. What, and, and to be honest, that's at the root of a lot of these these uh, cross continental uh, rallies, is the fact that they take these cars to the middle of nowhere. I mean, Gold Rush and uh, what is it? Uh, the one that just finished that actually, unfortunately, they lost a 720 on it on that one. Oh, um, Diamond. Diamond. No, that not that Diamond Rally. North Corsa or whatever. But these these rallies, that's the new thing. Is they end up they'll start in a big city and they end in a big city, but they go through every small town, and that's where the publicity comes from. Is because you get some kid who's growing up on a farm, and all of a sudden a hurricane 
pulls into the same gas station as he's filling up his tractor and he's going, wait a minute, you know, never seen that car. You know, it's on my wall like it was when we were kids. But um, and I think that's where you get a lot of the traction. Like like if you have if you're following car news right now, the biggest thing is that on, on this rally and it's not the rally's fault. The guy missed the turn total the brand new 720. And it is making national news. I have seen it on everything from MSN to Fox News to it's it's big. You guys, if you haven't seen that, you should go check it out. That car was, it looks like nobody walked away and they walked away fine. Yeah, but they had a it, couple of bruises. Congrats to McLaren on that, by the way. Yeah, that's I a testament that to that carbon fiber chassis they're using. Yeah. Um, but the problem remains the same. Like uh, It specifically calls out in the criteria to set the other day is that uh, we're starting to limit things like M cars. Uh, an M3 and M4 it skirts the very bottom of the barrel of exotic, uh, much like my Z06 or a, a, a base Viper. Like they're really awesome cars, but as far as exotic, no, they're sort of in the sports supercar range, and that's barely. And and people go, well, you know, just because it's your show, you you can't change the rules. You don't understand. We have cars that uh, that are owned by the thugs that they don't even bring in just because it doesn't. I mean, and the RS4 is a perfectly good example. Yeah. That car is very rare throughout the world. As in, as far as in the Seattle area, yeah, everybody's neighbor owns one. <laughs> right. It's so weird. But we, we allow and we, we allow, allow ours the show. The show, but, but it, they're like, eh. there's so many people. But I mean, it, it, it's it's playing to the area that you're in again, and it and it's sticking to your rules, and it's that will be tough to the day we die. And we and and that's why I said at the beginning, of this, it's ever changing. We're having conversations that I never thought we'd we'd have. Like, oh, let's talk about SUVs. Well, an SUV is not. I mean, to my mind, the only exotic SUV I ever used to see was a Hummer H1 or a Lamborghini Elmo too. Yeah, yeah. I, but I mean, you know, being that being said, in my building, <laughs> our pre- previous guest DJ DJ the Hummer guy has <laughs> an got H1. an H1 that sits down there. I mean, you're, here's a different environment, and 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 that's what I like about Seattle and the and the, and the Pacific Northwest is. We have the tuner crowds. We have things like they, we just had an incredible event, which I wish I would have gone to, even though I'm not a huge fan of the, the car company. That Nissan event down in in um, it was down south somewhere. Nissan. Oh, Fest. Nissan Fest. No, it was north. It was in Monroe. But and but the, you know the, you know what I love about things like that? They had a very simple criteria. <laughs> yeah. If you pull up and your car doesn't say Nissan, you're not getting in. Yeah. Exactly. It, so there is there there is simple ways to have car shows, but it, it's right. it's very tough. The to Volkswagen stuff, stuff like that. Absolutely. All right, I'm going to throw another wrench in this though, because this is where things get even more complicated, and where you can really screw yourself over by not sticking to your criteria. That's when you pick up sponsors. If you don't have your criteria set for your sponsors, you are going to get so much flack. Because if for those of you who don't understand and aren't in the industry, if you have a sponsor like especially the exotic makers like Ferrari or Lamborghini, guess what? They don't want a bunch of tuners at their show. And you're going to get guys who are going to be like, or another good criteria is you don't want stickers. Why? Because you don't want people advertising other events on your show. You want your show to be your show. What happens with that? Well, that car has a Lamborghini of whatever city on your show. On your, yeah, well, their name is also on our shirt. <laughs> I actually had to have that argument with somebody of the day. And I was just beating my head. I'm like, you do realize they are listed on the sponsor page. Yeah, of course they have stickers on their window. They help pay for the show that you got to attend for free, you idiot. But then again, if it's your show, you can have whatever sponsors you want. Concorso is a pretty, pretty, perfectly good example. Exactly. We, we get a ta- we get um, emails from people that want to be sponsors. Everything, every little thing. I mean, everything from financial institutes to windshield repair places, energy and, drinks, energy yeah. drinks, and some of them just don't make sense. 
And that being said, I mean, you can't, you can't have multiple sponsors of the same thing. It's like a Concorso. We have one major Ferrari sponsor, one major Ferrari dealership, and maybe the factory. But you can't have Ferrari of Napa, Ferrari of San Francisco, and sitting next to each other. They're competition. And that be, like with exotics, it's the same way. Like We have our major sponsors because they're the ones that have backed us. Well, there's a lot of car companies around here. There's a lot of sponsorship, and and that's a thin line that we have to walk. And it's a lot of it's a lot of time and a lot of effort. That's tough because, you know, you you get the independent car dealerships that want to be a part of it, and they don't understand why one company can be a sponsor and they can't. Yeah, exotics at RTC brought to you by you know Kia of Kirkland probably wouldn't fit too well, and I like them. And I didn't even realize this, and this is something that we came up with when we used to do the Chateau St. Michel event, um, and Mercedes wanted to sponsor that event, the, the dealership. Oh, yeah, this is really interesting. And because when because it took place in Woodenville, that was not Barrier. Well, they were Barrier back then. That was not Barrier Mercedes. And so if we wanted to have that sponsor, we had to go to, it was north on I-5, or I-9. It's Mercedes of Linwood. Linwood. At the time, that was Mercedes of Seattle. Yeah. It was the same brand. So even yep. though they were across the water technically yeah. and way farther away than Bellevue. That was their... That was their uh, same with Porsche because mm-hmm. you have Roger Jobs in Bellingham and you have Porsche in Bellevue and they have very specific territories. Like uh, I forget, we were there was another event we were looking at and Roger Jobs, as much as we, we like them and we have good relationship with them, they couldn't be a sponsor of the show because it was in the Porsche Bellevue territory. So, Which is set up by the car company so that there is fair sales. And you're not, yeah, it, it makes sense it. when you look at it. But it man, like the uh, the logistics that have to go into running a car show are not simple. And if you want to start one, and everybody wants to start one until they start diving into how much goes into starting one, it is a big time investment. If you're looking for a job that does not pay little sleep and you can be yelled at a lot, start your own car show. That said, if you do want to start your own car show and you've got something credible and you think you have a good idea and you think you have the time and you have the commitment and you, after listening to this, you know what you're signing up for, you're welcome to email us. We want to see the community grow. That's the whole reason we started this. So if you have questions, you have ideas, or you want to be involved in car shows, let us know. I think that's a stigmata that's come out of this is the fact that Exotics doesn't like other car shows. And that's not true. Exotics loves other car we, shows. We, I, we are a fan of the automotive world. We are a fan of the, of the Northwest and, and, and expanding that and showing the world how great the Northwest is. Now, we don't want, show, we don't want the rest of the world to come here because we're full. Uh, totally full. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, I kid. Um, definitely. If you've got an idea for a car show and you think, you think it would work, Come talk to Dan. Come talk to me. You know, we'll even we'll, we can even run things up the chain if you think that's something that you you, you know it might work because it, it's a community as, aspect. And as much as we fight it on a daily basis with people, and we don't want to. No. We want we want these these small things to work because it's it's one more thing. I mean, we've got there's a book that sits on our desk here called the Northwest Car Events Calendar. And <laughs> to be honest, this is the first time I've seen this book. We, actually, from Haggerty actually brought it to us and. There is an and this covers all of Washington, all of part of Idaho and, and Oregon. There is an insane amount of car shows. Everything from, I mean, I'm just talking locally around us, like the the Triple X car shows to stuff. I mean, there's Snohomish has got its hot rod show that's famous. Did you know that there is a weekly car show that takes place and they meet in the parking lot up there by by up by you by that brewery? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, no, like where you live. Up there oh. by like the brewery. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. In yeah. The, uh, what's the name of that brewery there? Um, Triple Horn. No, not Triple Horn. I think so. No. Yeah, I don't. I mean, yeah, yeah it's anyway. yeah. 
I don't drink a lot by my house. I, I know. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just, but I, it's just like, there's all these little events that take place. And in fact, if you can track down a Northwest car events calendar, it's a really cool book. Which you can find at LeMay, actually. Actually, yeah. Yeah, LeMay, not a sponsor, yeah. but they do have them in stock. And they're yeah. free. Uh, like, yeah. like you said, Haggerty puts them on. Actually, I was just, I've got it in front of me, so I'm going to say it. Alaska, Alberta, British Columbia, Idaho, Montana, Oregon, and Washington are all in this book. This is your Bible if you're a car show guy. Yep. And, and the funny thing is, Dan and I have been in this, the, the car show industry for, well, we'll short number five years together. Yeah, and I've been doing car shows, obviously, um, since I was a little kid. This is the first time I've seen this. <laughs> Yeah. I have never seen this. I mean, you know, it's like the Farmer's Almanac for car shows. Yeah, it's pretty so, cool stuff. Yeah. Um, one of the things I was going to bring up, too, if you're going to small shows, uh, especially small town shows, and you have a, um, like, say you have a car that doesn't fit. Oh, he found it. What's they they meet at the mustard seed every Wednesday. The mustard seed. That's yes. the one. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> We're not Told sponsoring that part. show, but I was just, it's a place where Dan and I have, it's right next to the Triple Horn Brewery, and we have, we, it's a meeting place where we meet a lot of our friends and have a beer. And Triple like Horn's that. in Woodenville, I can't remember the I'm name sorry, of it. Sorry, Triple, gosh darn it. I'll figure it out, I'll post yeah, you, it on the yeah, site. You should know it better than I should know it. I know, yeah, I said I'm drinking my house sorry. a lot. Anyway, if you're going to these small town car shows, like I used to go to the one in Arlington, and we talked about it before, my friend Jeff, who uh, painted John Zuberk's car. Yeah. We used to go to the show, and we had cars that did not fit in a hot rod show at all. I had my RX-7, Jeff had his RX-7, our friend Kevin had an MX-6 with an Arabuni body kit on it, uh, buddy, our buddy... I haven't heard that name in forever, Arabuni, right? yeah. Another friend of ours had a Mark IV Supra with a, I think it was a Fortune wide body on it. Anyway, we got into the show full of hot rods because we asked nicely. That was it. That was it. Please can I come play? All we said is like, hey, if we pay and we kind of stick off to the side, you know, we know you're not your normal audience, will you let us in your show? And because it was a paid entry show, they were like, yeah, sure. Why not? We'll put you off in the corner. You're not a normal audience. But it was. <laughs> we'll hide you. <laughs> well, basically. But we. No, wanted, I, yeah, I'm fine with it. Yeah. We had a great time. And we talked to the older guys who, you know, it was at, back at the time. It was all, you know, pre-OBD2, you know, uh, small block Chevy, everything. But it was fun. We like that stuff, too. And I think people forget that is we do like everything. Uh, I've got a off-road. I go to the off-road shows. Uh, I have my Audi. I actually like the European shows. I uh, Weckfest is another one, uh, which you've probably heard of. That's one of uh, John Zubrick won an award there for his show, which is like the creme de la creme of import shows. This is not your hack job stance crap. There's some of that there, but this is like guys who are SEMA build sponsored and 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 just. I know we pick on stance, but we're very proud of those people that that do that to their cars and don't die or have wheels roll off on the freeway. <laughs> Yeah, so. I mean, hey, if you go to a Stance Wars show, and I have been on many occasions, you actually will see some nice cars mixed in there. I think they're lost, but whatever. It's still fun to go see and check it out sometimes. It's an interesting engineering engineering feat, but other than that, <laughs> it's, it's tough to watch. Yeah. You know what? Before we go on, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Hey, this is Nick from Rain City Supercars. This part of the podcast is brought to you by M Squared Fitness. Personalized fitness, personalized performance. Find M Squared Fitness online at m 2 fitness.com mention rain city supercars get your first session free and we're back and in our final segment we're going to cover an important topic how not to get banned from a show oh we're not going to talk about the herpes thing <laughs> no okay sorry maybe should, another another topic should we start a different podcast no no no, no this no, one's no. over that one's gonna that was <laughs> you'd have to have visual aids and things like that oh. so. <laughs> somebody on here is gonna be like were they joking <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Sponsor <Let's>... tricks. <laughs> I 
probably have to edit that out because I can't use brand names. If anybody's going to sue us, it would be a pharmaceutical company. Brought to you by Urk. Yeah. Do you have that not so fresh feeling? <laughs> anyway. Rabbit hole. All right. So step one, be nice to the guy at the gate. No matter what show you're at, no matter what the reason, don't ever argue with the guy at the gate. You will not win that conversation. It will only make you look bad, even if you are right. So you get to the gate, you get turned away, but you've got a car that's on the list or you pre-registered or something else. Pull out of the line, pull over, go find somebody else, another volunteer. The gate guy's going to be busy. Don't, don't waste your time talking to him. Let him do his job. If you've got extenuating circumstances, you've emailed ahead, you've gotten approval, you know you're supposed to be in the show. It's an honest mistake. Trust me. Like we've said, and like we've said a thousand times over, the gatekeeper hates turning away people, but he has a list of criteria. Chances are it was probably just a miscommunication between him and whoever's running the show. Go up and find a volunteer. Say, hey, I didn't get let in, but I already talked to somebody. Here's my mail. Show me your phone or whatever. Or just go find somebody that you probably talked to already and say, hey, the gatekeeper didn't get let me in. I didn't want to cause an issue. I didn't want to slow down the line. What do you think? Chances are, though, if it's an honest mistake, they'll go talk to the gatekeeper and be like, hey, we talked we talked ahead of time. He's cool for this time. And they'll be like, oh, okay, no problem. End of story. That's it. All you had to do was be nice. What happens most of the time, Nick? Oh, let's see. Let me let me start a fight while I'm in line, and there's a bunch of people behind me, and I'm going to act like a child, and it's going to degrade into screaming, yelling, and then you're going to burn, away, burn out, and you're going to find yourself banned. For the season, if not forever. Uh, usually, usually for us, we try and do it for the season. People have momentary lapses in judgment, as we call them. Uh, nine times out of ten, they actually come back apologizing because they realize their mistake. It, it, but it's a simple fact. All you got to do is be nice. If you're not going to get let into the show, if it's not a paid show and it's a free show, just walk away. The show isn't about you. That's the biggest thing you need to remember as an attendee. The show is not about you. It's about the community. If you are running, a sh- if you go to a show and you think it's about you, you think you're so important that you need to wrong. be let in. Yeah, you're wrong. This is not a customer's always right situation. This is not retail. Uh, if you come in with that attitude, no matter what you're driving, and trust me, I have turned away people in exotic cars many times, but especially one, and you're gonna just going to be told to leave. And guess what? Every volunteer is going to have that volunteer's back. If one of our volunteers just says, no, this guy was rude, he was a jerk, I don't want him in the show, guess what? It doesn't matter who you are. You're not welcome. You're done. You're done. You're probably going to be banned for the season because the worst thing you can do is degrade one of the volunteers. Remember that word, volunteer. They're there to make the community better. They're there out of their own free time. They're spending their Saturday morning or Sunday morning, whatever day it is, to help the show. And I want to say this because it's something that's personal and, you know, that I saw actually this weekend. And I don't want to get on a, 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 a gender power trip, but if someone is volunteering at that show, be it male, female, or whatever they choose to be that day, and they tell you to do something, don't you dare degrade them and, and then lie to them and tell them to go away or they don't matter. I mean, I have seen that a hundred times where I've, I've had female volunteers that were just treated like, and I will not tolerate that. Nobody should tolerate that. And we also tell our volunteers to never tolerate that, which means when they click over the radio, this guy's saying X or whatever, because I'm a woman, especially when that, uh, guess what? You're not only banned for the day, you're probably banned Banned for for the season, if not longer. (laughs) Also, if, and this happens at all shows, if you sneak into a show and you get caught, walk away. Grin and go, I tried. I don't suggest you doing it at all. Don't lie. 
yeah, you're going to get caught. Because guess what? There's cameras everywhere. There's people everywhere, and they all know your story. But uh, yeah, and we've seen it a thousand times, and we're actually very forgiving about this, more so than I probably, in my own opinion, think we should be. But I also, like I said, people want to be included. People do stupid things, whatever. I'm not going to... I've done none. None of us are, you know, we're all in glass houses here. We've all done stupid things at car shows, especially when we were younger. I'll admit it. But uh, if you get caught and they get told to leave, you better leave because you've probably. Here's the thing: people don't realize is that those of us in the car community, especially those of us actually running car shows, we all talk to each other way more than you think. And I don't mean like just the local shows here. That extends down to California and Arizona. That extends to the museums. That extends to sponsors. That extends to dealerships. You want to see your name get thrown through the mud, worst of all? Act very badly at a car show. Or even worse, start a smear campaign on social media saying that you did something and leave some things out. Trust me, you are going to hurt way more than you think. And it's not because we're vindictive. It's because, hey, this person is not good for the community. That's oh, the I've key. Seen it. I've seen it in the car, in the car community, as, as many people as there are, is very small, not only here, but throughout the world. I mean, I know of several people who are Californians who are notorious for screwing up shows down there. They've come up here and tried to tried things. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> it, I just was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah, one. It yeah, yeah. It, it, he, and it, it goes quickly. And, it, and it's, you know, and all it takes is, is one picture of that person's car to show, and somebody goes, hey, wait. You need to watch that guy because this happened, this happened, this happened, and we've seen it, and it's unfortunate, and and it's you know part of part of making the car community a better community, like Dan said, is sharing, and you know you, everybody sits there and thinks and thinks that you know I'll give you a perfectly good example, Concorso takes place down in Monterey, Quails on Friday, Concorso's on Saturday, Pebble Beach is Sunday. Sunday, everybody from those car shows knows everybody else. Everybody thinks, oh, they're in competition. And there is competition, which makes it fun. But all the owners of those shows know each other. All the staffs of those shows know each other. It, you're not going to get away with something. You're not going to be able to do something stupid and get away with it. I mean, it's it's asinine to think that you're going to do that. So everybody's watching. And in today's day and age, and I wanted to bring this up again, is, is what makes a good car show is the photographs and, and showing that. And because of that, there will always be photos, like Dan said, of you burning out. There will be photos of you doing something nasty. This goes throughout the world. Don't do anything rude. You will be on camera these days. So let's switch it up a bit. So this is this is for spectators. This is a funny one. So we had an incident where we had somebody with a child uh, who they weren't watching because they're a terrible parent. And that child was basically touching every single car, getting into cars. And we were like, we wanted to find this person. Well, guess what? Because of thousands upon thousands of photographs, it took us about half a day to find a random child in a crowd full of thousands of people. That's how many photos are at these shows. And we I thought you were going to talk about how you got the nickname at Exotics of Kid Puncher, but um, <laughs> that's a better... St no, I mean, we've talked about that, it too. We can go into that a little I bit. Mean, you know, if you're going to be a spectator and you're going to bring your child or your dog or your cat, or we have seen, we've seen it all on a leash, <laughs> believe me, <laughs> including children... You need to be respectful. I mean, Dan and I have our own stories, and um, you know, perfectly good example is somebody decided to have, let their child climb into my car. The Triumph. The Triumph. They released the parking brake and started to roll into the intersection. And I ha we didn't have any volunteers at that I mean because you can't be everywhere. Yeah. Our spectators went 
after these people. Oh, I they mean, tore them apart. They tore them apart. They had to leave, or they were going to be forced yeah, out. Yeah, and and they tried to hide. And more, I mean, we got flooded with photos of this is where the guy is, and and then it started to turn into not only is this the guy, but this is where he works, and this is the department, and it was like. More, I mean, <laughs> yeah, and we had to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, we don't need to lynch mob yeah, for somebody yeah. who made a mistake. I mean, that's not what we're about. And that's, that's going to bring me back to my closing point here. Above all else, if you are that person, and I'll admit, uh, in my younger days, I have been that person who did a burnout or a show or whatever a long time ago. Uh, the best thing you can possibly do is just simply apologize. No matter how far it's gone, no matter how much damage you think has been done, if you genuinely apologize for doing something stupid and you mean it, chances are you're going to get forgiven. This is not you killed somebody and drove away. This is not you stole a car. There will be probably be some repercussions. It escalates. You might get banned from the show for the season, but we are nobody in this community that I know of is the bury this person forever, never talk to the game. They're dead to the world. And I've seen some pretty stupid stuff at car shows that I personally would have been like, eh, we hope you go to jail. Well... And I think this comes down to it. And I've had this, I had a spectator many years ago try to yell at me and tell me how important he was. Um, car shows don't need you. You need car shows. You being gone from a car show, no one's really going to notice. Sure, somebody might go, oh, here, where was the guy with this car that did the burnout? Well, he's banned. That's about as far as the conversation's going to go. The idea that the world is going to stop turning because you don't show up to a car show is BS. Yeah, it's it's not about you. That's the biggest thing to remember is uh, we put on car shows because we want to build a community. We do this podcast because we want to build a community. We want like-minded people with good values who are helping each other out to connect and watch this car community grow. When you start making it about yourself, you have stopped trying to build the community. You've started to build you. And that is not an organic way to build your reputation. You build you by becoming by giving back. The whole idea, and I say life lesson time, never stop giving. Your life will naturally be better if you start giving back to people around you. Car shows, whatever it may be, the more you build other people up, the more you help build a healthy community of whatever, the better you will be. Well, and, and you know, I've, we've seen many car shows come and go. The people that started it started for the right reasons, and then it became, you know, about them and, and what they could bring and what they can do. And, you know, you get, you get a lot of people that, that sit there and say, you know, they're the most influential person in the car world in, in California. They're the most influential person in, in Washington State in the car world. It's just not true. That's what makes the car world so interesting is everybody has their place. Everybody has their job. Everybody has their wisdom. So there are some guys out there that have all the wisdom, but you would never know it because they'd never tell you. I was going to say, the most influential people in the car world never have to say they're the most nope. influential person or anything. Other people tell them that and they go, no. Exactly. And it, we're like, nope, definitely not us. <laughs> definitely not us. You know, and, and, and we have a lot, like I said, every day you learn something new about the car world. And that's what's really neat. And that's what I love about exotics. That's what I love about Concorso. That's what I love about doing Rain City Supercars. I mean, our previous guest, John and I go back and forth and it's a lot of fun. He teaches me a lot. I mean, you know, because you don't know it all. I mean, you know, so this is a formal apology. Apparently Han was not a bad guy in the fast. <laughs> I really want to stick to that, but, uh, you know, <laughs> it was an accident. So John, I love you. And, um, we'll hang out with Chloe anytime you want to. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Thanks all for joining us for this episode. Yeah. We appreciate you tuning in. Like I said, if you need help, you want to start a car show, you have questions about any of the shows we run, you want to know how we got into it, shoot us a mail. We're here to help. We love helping. That's why but we do this. Please remember, if we don't get right back to you, we have several other real jobs, and we're trying to turn this into another real job, and it's tough. But um, for Rain City Supercars, I'm Nick. I'm Dan. Don't just get there. Enjoy the drive.